Dealing with sin in the church. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We are moving into 1 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning, and uh, Paul opens this chapter with a rebuke uh, to the church in Corinth. Uh, One of the things that was brought to his attention was that there was the issue of incest going on within the life of that church. Uh, There was a man known to be having sexual relations with his father's wife. Uh, That would be his mother. And um, evidently, uh, based on what Paul says here, there was an arrogant attitude about this. There was almost a braggadocious attitude about this. And uh, was being tolerated and not addressed by the leaders there in Corinth. And Paul is taking a very strong stand in his words here, uh, giving them very strong instructions about how they should handle uh, this person and his actions. And so uh, we'll see how Paul handles this very challenging leadership issue. Uh, But because uh, it is an issue that can greatly impact the church's witness, Paul deals decisively with it um, and in the strongest way possible. All right, my friends. Well, before we get into the word, uh, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you that you are the head of the church Uh, No one is above you. No one is greater than you. No one uh, eclipses your power. Uh, You alone stand as sovereign over all. And we give you thanks that you are fully in control of this life. And you are fully in control of the things going on in our lives. And so, Lord, that gives us confidence that you can be trusted. You are in charge. And we don't have to be. And so we give you thanks, Lord, that we can trust you today. We trust also that our time in your word would be fruitful and that you would grow us through it by the power of your spirit at work in the word. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, here is uh, 1 Corinthians 5. We are going to be looking today at verses 1 through 5. Paul writes, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out your fellowship, put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord on the one who has been doing this. So when you are assembled, I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present. Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Now Paul is not mincing words here, and he is taking this issue very seriously. He received a report that there was a relationship of incest going on between a particular man in the church and his mother. And evidently, the attitude that was being expressed by the people there uh, was pride. Now, for a people uh, in a pagan culture being converted to Christ 
who previously participated in temple worship acts that would have included uh, sexual immorality, acts of sexual immorality, the transition to right and biblical thinking about the issue of sexuality uh, can be a challenging one. So Paul is consistently teaching them how being people of Christ, people of the kingdom of God, should look, what is tolerable and what is not tolerable. And so there is a piece of education uh, going on here that's important to help establish um, a right understanding, a biblical understanding of the view of sexuality. And Paul is saying that this that this issue of incest between this man and his mother is so egregious that not even the pagans would tolerate this behavior ultimately. And so Paul's advice is that the people there, instead of being proud, should have gone into mourning and should have decided to uh, remove this man from their fellowship uh, as an act of church discipline. Paul says, I'm not even present with you physically, but I am in spirit. And as one who is present with you in this way, because I love you, because I am invested in you, I've spent energy and emotion on, on seeing this little church come to life. Um, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord on the one who is doing this. This immoral person, this person who is clearly exhibiting behavior that, that indicates he is not yet converted to Christ, he is not yet a believer, he is not yet a Christian. Um, I'm passing judgment in the name of the Lord on this person. So when you are assembled, I'm with you in spirit, and the power of the Lord is present when we worship together. And so, I urge you to hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Now what he's saying is, let him go about his sinful ways outside the fellowship, that he might realize the wrong that he's done, come to his senses, and be saved on the day of the Lord. So, by this act of discipline, Paul is saying we might be encouraging him to consider the wrong and to repent of it and by doing so be saved on the day of the Lord. Now the issue of sin in the church, and hopefully uh, this egregious sin is not present in most of our churches. Um, unfortunately, there are uh, the acts of sexual immorality uh, hovering in the shadows in the darkness can lead people to do crazy things. Uh, but if we uh, tolerate it, if we allow it to exist within the church, um, we are um, shirking our responsibility to the gospel. We are not protecting the church rightly from sinful influence. And we have responsibility, particularly those in leadership have responsibility to make sure uh, that these kinds of influences don't infiltrate the church. And when we discover situations of immorality, uh, we call out the wrong, we address and correct the wrong, we address the people involved in the wrong. If they are unrepentant, they should be removed from the fellowship so that they can consider what they've done and either agree to come repentantly uh, seeking forgiveness or to move on in their sinful ways. Um, but the church cannot tolerate sin within its ranks and not address it. 
Uh, it must be addressed. It must be called out in a right and biblical way so as to protect the church so those souls who are growing in Christ continue, cont- continue to grow in Christ without obstacle. And uh, certainly tolerating this kind of uh, behavior would create obstacles for those who are trying to uh, grow close to Jesus. Um, we have a responsibility to protect the sheep under our care as leaders in the church. Uh, as worshipers in the church, uh, we want to uh, have a church family that uh, takes a stand for what is right and good and also is willing to take a stand against that which is not right and good and godly and biblical. And so Paul is uh, exhibiting for us uh, a way of dealing with sin in the church. Now, this particular sin is an extreme example, uh, but in Paul's context there in Corinth, it was an important one for him to address. All right, my friends. Well, uh, <laughs> challenging teachings abound as we look at uh, this letter of correction sent to the Corinthian believers. Uh, I think we all have a responsibility to the family of faith that we are a part of. We have a responsibility to pray for our pastors and leaders that they might uh, lead with proper due diligence uh, as those entrusted with the flock uh, that God has entrusted to them. They are under shepherds of the good shepherd Jesus, and their leadership matters. And we should be praying for them as leaders, that they would be strong and courageous, but that they would be tender and compassionate in leading their flock. Uh, We should pray that uh, the Lord would bring conviction to those within our ranks who are willfully sinning and thinking that they're hiding it from uh, others, Uh, that God would bring them to their knees, help them to realize the wrong, that they might repent of it and move into right relationship once again with God and with others. That is the hope. Uh, If you're struggling with sin, I would encourage you, to go to your pastoral leadership, to go to a Christian mentor that you trust and simply confess the sin and say, I recognize that this is keeping me from growing in grace. This is keeping me from from really growing in my walk with Jesus. And I recognize the obstacle that it is in my life. And I'm I'm really tired of, of this thing tripping me up. I want help. And don't be afraid to go ask for help. Don't be afraid to Bring your issues into the light uh, before they overwhelm and destroy you. All right, my friends, God bless you on the journey today. I pray that these words would continue to resonate within your hearts as you consider them. And let's pray for our churches and our pastors today. All right, God bless.